0: From Harare, Zimbabwe, to the World Wide Web.
1: You are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast.
0: Every week, we lead you in conversation on life, God and pop culture our goal is to get you to ask questions and compare what today's culture is telling us versus what the Bible says if you're a non-believer we hope that our conversation will shed more light on what the Christian faith is really about never miss an episode by subscribing through our website www.radianculture.africa, or you can find us on iTunes like our Facebook page look up Radiant Culture and follow us on Twitter at Radiant Culture if you're on Instagram it's Radiant underscore culture radiant culture it's life it's truth it's lit stay tuned welcome everyone you're listening to radiant culture my name is t mac cookie Master is m.i.a today but well, we have cool was it in the building hello oh, hello hello. suspect <laughs> <laughs> today he gave me a proper hug so um, <laughs> i'm quite happy <laughs> um so kind of following on from um The last two weeks we've been where we've been talking about Christians in business. We're now going to take it a step further and talk about Christians participating in leadership or leadership roles within government, within civic society, or within politics even. So, one would assume that if you're a Christian and you follow Christian principles and you're you know a devout person with. some sort of leading from the holy spirit coming through you'd be the perfect person to put in power because you know you'd be getting guidance straight from you know downloaded from the lord and then you'll lead the people well and it's happy days but you see so few christians actually partaking in these realms of politics and government and sort of that sort of thing and why do you think the reason for that is? okay so
1: it's an interesting question um there will be different camps that say, you know, Christians should be doing Christian stuff and not get into politics. Um, one of the leaders of our nation once said that uh, pastors should uh, stick to uh, church matters and let the politicians do politics.
0: Well, yeah, I suppose there is that separation uh, yeah. of church and government. And many people just stick to that. Like, they just keep the two completely separate.
1: Yeah. So I would imagine that's the main reason. Um, apart from also I think depending on the uh, place that you find different places have different uh, political environments mm-hmm. so some places the environment might be a bit uh, intimidating and in politics you will find you have to do a lot of things that are counter, you know, like counterintuitive to like the Christian faith it's about appearances it's about Uh, how things are received or how things are taken sometimes it's not always about the substance you Mm. know what's real what's not Mm. it's about how is it going to be received how can I increase the number of likes and which is the kind of thing that Christians generally are taught to shun you know don't try to be a star don't try to uh, come across in a certain way Uh, be humble Mm. Uh, always tell the truth so there's aspects of uh, you know of politics that are uh, as i said counterintuitive to the christian way of doing things yeah and so that can cause christians to say not for me uh-huh. you know so i think that's another reason intimidation and that that aspect of not sure but all, you know, all this kind of uh, skullduggery, some of the having to punch someone in the back yeah. or say something <laughs> uh, <buggery. laughs> look, okay. look for someone's weak spot and yeah. go for that. It's yeah. not so much you know what we're taught in church. You mm. know we're taught to cover people's nakedness, mm. as it were, you know love covers over a multitude of sin, mm. but in politics, you uncover the sin. <laughs> the more coverage you get to the sin, the better it gets. Yeah. You know? yeah. So maybe that's just about a few of the reasons I imagine
0: I think it's not also, so popular. Uh, Two pronged thing, I was going to say sword, but you can't have a two pronged sword. What no, yeah, anyway, anyway. double aged sword. Yeah, it's a double aged <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think there's the Christians not wanting to get into it, and I also think the public, although let's say for instance in our country where we claim that majority are Christians, mm-hmm. I feel like the public still wouldn't want a very devout Christian to be in leadership because we feel like. Could they really do the job? Like, could they really yeah. do what's expected of them yeah. if their faith is that important? Because, like you said, there's times when you have to do some stuff, which <laughs> I don't know. It calls for the what did we call them last time? The, the those who are wise are <laughs> <laughs> <True laughs> not the
1: separate. innocent yes. doves. You yes, know exactly. What
0: do you think? Yeah,
1: I'd, I'd say that's true. I think if someone comes across, because you see, the caricature of of Christians is these you know gentle meek and, you know, laid back, you know, you don't ever hurt a fly type of person. Mm -hmm. And you imagine that person sitting across from, you know, one of our trading partners and having to cut a trading deal. Mm -hmm. You imagine that person having to uh, consider whether certain rights that are counter to their belief you know, can be allowed. Mm. Are they going to allow certain things? Are they going, what are they going to do and how are they going to do it? Are they going to defend us? or Are they going to uh, say, I don't know, be very respectful when expecting the person to actually be going guns blazing? So there's that expectation, I would say, because of how people see Christians, you know. know, I'm sure if you've been in certain environments, people might say, but Christians are not supposed to do that, Mm. you know. Christians don't behave that way. Mm. You know, don't you guys from church do things this way? So there is that expectation based on, and that's why i call it like it's a caricature it's not really based on truth it's just what people have seen and believe or what christians should be like a generalization
0: and that's I why yeah name the simpsons <laughs> <laughs> guys that flanders dude he is the most uncool <laughs> creature <laughs> like he just makes christians just look like i don't know i'm sure there are some like that but yeah then, uh, they just ah uh, they just made us look a bit yeah I don't know what the word guy can say that would make it sound not so bad. But yeah, he just gave us a bad rip. Yeah. No Haitian to any Christians are like Flanders. More. Yeah. But yeah. All right. So given that, is it something that we should desire to see more of? Because if we are Christians who are going to go to the voting polls and, you know, biometric voting, put our thumbprint there. And why should we be seeking to vote people into power if they don't hold... Like they don't have that moral integrity that comes with mm-hmm. being a Christian. Yeah, shouldn't like shouldn't we wish to see more Christians in there?
1: Yeah, well, having more Christians in the mix would help definitely, so. because yeah, uh, you know, the, in Ecclesiastes ten sixteen to seventeen, um, the Bible says that uh, woe to you, O land, if your king mm-hmm. is a child, and your princes feast in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but blessed are your land if your king is a child, or is a son of nobility, and the princes feast at the proper time, for strength and not for drunkenness. Mm-hmm. So you see that the blessedness of the land is rising and falling on the quality of the leadership you have. Yeah. Uh, and and so of course I mean I could go into that verse. There's so much in there. Um, but what you basically see there is that if you have a good king things will work out for you. Yeah. You know, a king who's a child, basically childishness is selfishness, you know. Mm. It's a child's mentality. It's not that it's because the person is young. If they have a child's mentality, everything's about me and you've got princes who are all about eating in the morning. They don't know how to defer gratification. You know, morning is a time mm. when you're supposed hey, to be investing.
0: That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you see, so yeah. that's a feasting in the morning. In a time when they're supposed to be investing, they are spending. Mm. A time when they're supposed to be uh, spending themselves, they are spending resources, mm-hmm. um, and so you have that problem where you know a country. Woe to you! You're never going to accumulate wealth if you don't know how to delay gratification. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if you have a son of nobility who's trained up, and and you've got princes who know how to eat at the right time, they know this is the time you can't have mukundo. Besides, at ten in the morning and mm-hmm. it's thirty degrees outside. You know you're not going to get anything done. Mm-hmm. So I'll eat at the right time. Um, and I'll eat not for drunkenness or, you know, to have a full stomach and I can't walk, but just for strength. <laughs> You've got guys who know what they're doing. Yeah. So And Christians, if they really follow the Word of God, are going to be that way. Because the Word of God teaches and trains us to be the best way that we possibly can be mm-hmm. in the world, to be mm-hmm. accredited to where we are. So if you have more Christians, you're going to have more of that, I would imagine.
0: I I'd hope so.
1: But then it depends on the fearing of God. Because having Christians in there is just not enough, you yeah. know. So... Jesus said in Matthew 23, verse 1 to 3, something very scary. He said uh, to his disciples and the people who were listening to him, he said to them, uh, you should listen to the Pharisees because they sit in Moses' seat. Mm-hmm. So listen to what they say and what they instruct you to do, but do not do as they do because they do not practice what they preach. Mm-hmm. So if you have leaders in place who you're only going to obey because of, what, of, because of the seat that they're in, and they don't actually live out their you know their values yeah. it's not going to be of any benefit because yeah. when you're expecting them to bring in legislation that's in line with uh, christian principles they're probably going to be doing deals that are you're gonna have, not, have nothing to do with what we believe in. Mm. So it's very important that you're electing people who are not just Christians in name only. Right now in Zimbabwe if you go into parliament, you go into state house, you go anywhere, everyone will say I'm a Christian. Yeah. They'll show up at uh apostolic gatherings as much as they'll show up at a cathedral, uh they will quote the Bible, mm. uh, um, you know, and they'll say, I'm you know, I'm a Christian. But when you look at the nation, you look at the legislation, you look at the practices, mm. you ask yourself, Okay, so if we got Christians in power, why is everything so run down why is things not working the way yeah. they it should yeah. so it's not enough to have christians in power you should have christians that believe and practice what it is that they believe
0: mm. not just like the christian when they're campaigning and then uh,
1: and then yeah ex- after they've got the christian vote mm. they're back to what they really believe
0: on that issue i was speaking to um two evangelist missionaries from the states this weekend yeah. and they were like Media has had a go at, especially international media, has painted Donald Trump, sorry to take this off topic, in a very yeah. negative light. But they're like, no, we Christians in the, in the States love that guy. He is all for the gospel and he's all for bringing back, you know, our true American values. And they went on about it for a while and they hated Obama. They were like, no, he was an instrument of the devil. <laughs> <Like> they really <laughs> went in on the dude because, like, he was pro a lot of things that you wouldn't expect a Christian to be. Yeah. So I think that's the other challenge when a quote unquote Christian is elected into a position of leadership is people fear that they will begin to impose their beliefs on people who don't share the same faith. Yeah. Hence why we prefer people who are just kind of no real beliefs. That's like in your face kind of thing. So as Christians, I, th- I feel like we also fall in that category of not really wanting someone with strong beliefs because yes, I'm Christian, but I'm also pro choice yeah oh yes i'm christian but i still think we should sell as much tobacco as we can i don't care how detrimental it is to anybody's health like, yeah. let's do this like because yeah. yeah. we also want to be able to toe the line as much as we can yeah so if we get this super christian dude made president for example and he starts cracking down on things we'll start to feel like ah oh, this guy is an extremist
1: yeah well <clears throat> i was reflecting on that a bit uh looking at the democratic system especially if you look at you know america and even here in zimbabwe From a constitutional point of view, (laughs) we have what's called separation of powers, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got the executive, you've got the judiciary, and then you've got the legislature. Those are the three arms of government, and they're supposed to be independent, and there's supposed to be all these fail-safes, checks and balances. Mm -hmm. And so the president being Christian is not enough because he is limited in his power. Uh, Even if you look at the American situation, uh, Donald Trump cannot do a lot in terms of legislation Because he's trying He has to do things through executive order That have to go through Congress There's certain thresholds certain certain things I That he can't he do That's Yeah So So when you have That kind of Of, of, of a scenario You need uh, A critical mass Of individuals That believe You can't have Just the one guy you know, At the top Okay yeah, I see You know that. like it was In Bible days Where you have if, if you've got a good king And if you read that Through Chronicles And uh, mm. you know And the books of the kings I If you had a good king Yeah You know And he loved God You know and Things would work out For all of, of you Yeah Exactly. Yeah. You know, you know, it was a monarchy. Kings were this final, uh, so it worked out. If you had a bad king, it wouldn't work out. Mm. But in, in the United States and in democracies like Zoom as well, <clears throat> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you guys.
1: <laughs> now, you know, if you have if you have guys if, if you have um, the majority of the people in there in various arms of government not being Christian or you know holding to certain beliefs or atheists and so on, mm. it'd be very difficult to move your agenda forward. Uh, the protests that have come up, there's some there's some legislation that they've tried to go against. Uh, they put in uh, the so-called bathroom bills that people are supposed to use, the bathrooms that are consistent with the genders with the, on of which they were born. Different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That caused a lot of uh, problems for certain states. I think North Carolina, if I remember well, uh, big companies were saying, we're going to pull out.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We're leaving your, your state and people are losing jobs yeah 400 jobs because you know uh, the head of apple is gay so Um. (laughs) and then you've got guys in power so they feel like you're discriminating against us Mm -hmm. so when you have that kind of situation where the separation of powers you got guys are being lobbied all the time by the big money guys come on the tobacco companies are always in there you know saying come on can you give us something and it's happening not only in america even here Mm. you know guys are in people's pockets yeah so that will affect how much impact a Christian can have, yeah. definitely, in that in that sphere. It's if you don't have a critical mass of those
0: guys, yeah, it yeah sounds like their, your character will really be tested. Very much so. Very
2: spaceship. much so. I've got a question though. Yeah. Um, before we go any deeper, are Christians better leaders, or should I say, someone who's very devout to their faith? Do they make a better leader? Is that the case, or is that just something that we? We, as the people, want to see someone who has the same faith in us, or so we believe that if they believe what we believe, they're going to act in our best interest. But fundamentally, do Christians make better leaders if okay. they're devout? I'm, I'm okay. not saying, sure. yeah, like sure. a really devout guy who's you know following the principles of the Bible. Do they make better leaders?
1: Okay, so here's the here's something I'm going to throw out. Uh, I'd say we have to be careful that we say we want devout christians in place because some people are very good christians but they don't have the ability to lead because mm. leadership is a gift if you look at romans 12 verse 8 it says those that you know govern let them do so with a zeal and in the context it's talking about the various gifts uh, that god gives so you can have a great christian i mean i'm sure some of us we've met some some guys i mean the loveliest person you've ever met you know devout loyal dependable faithful mm. but they just are not leaders you know you put them in charge of something of a life group maybe of a cell group whatever you may call them in your context uh you put them in charge of maybe doing teas (laughs) they just they're overwhelmed you know they're just they're too nice you know they're just and you and and you see they've got such a good heart but they're just not leaders because leadership is a gift you know Uh, and and in the church character is very important when you become a leader you have to have good character and, and that you know absolutely uh but when when you're looking at bringing someone into that into that whole world they have to have the gift as well mm. the gift of leadership so i would say they have to have the gift of leadership uh, they can't just be a christian and then it's going to be okay yeah but i'd imagine if they have a, if, if they have the gift of leadership they can do very well but i'd say that there will be decisions that they may have to take that may not look like they're doing so well
3: mm-hmm.
1: so i would say the expectation on a person who's a christian going into the political sphere has to be managed yeah. <laughs> very well because you, you know, you're going to be left disappointed thinking, but if this person was a leader, they would not have said this, they would not have done that, they wouldn't have mm-hmm. gotten into a deal like that. I mean, we have uh, the president of Tanzania, for example, uh, fan. yeah, and uh, a lot of people are very happy with him and what he's done in, uh, attacking you know corruption and all that, mm. but there are other aspects to the way that he governs you know uh it does it seems not to you know take too kindly to opposition yeah. or to media criticism and uh, there are some laws that has passed uh, that have been very very stringent uh you know when it comes to the media. So someone could look at that and say, but if you're a Christian, come on, allow many voices, allow freedom. Mm. What kind of a Christian are you if you're going to do that? Mm. Uh, I think we have to make room for that aspect of people not being perfect. Mm. Uh, yeah, can be devout and you do a great job generally, but still be uh, yeah, those blind spots. We kind of expect Christians
0: to be infallible, more so yeah. when they're in leadership. When they're leadership, And like if absolutely. they're Christian, let's say they come up with a monetary policy that, you know, Five years down the line, we're like, yo, that really didn't help our situation. Everyone be like, yeah, but you're supposed to be being led by the Spirit. How did he get us in this <laughs> mess? You know, did the Holy Spirit really speak to him? Was he really praying? Did yeah. he really hear from God? Because, yeah. yeah, I feel like we put more faith in someone who we feel like, okay, I know he's praying about this legislature before he's trying to push for it.
2: So basically, you're saying that we should leave people's faiths out of the equation when we're looking at leadership and just judge them based on their leadership Quality. qualities is that what we're saying that the faith should be yeah. you know not a determining factor especially now like in in here we yeah getting ready for the polls yeah and a lot of people are saying there's no one to vote for and some people will say better the devil you know than the one, the you, no don't one you, know. Don't know. you don't know exactly and yes. you can tell that talk Everyone is basically saying there's no righteous person who's up for, mm. for And you ticket. see,
0: that word righteous, if yeah. we want righteous leaders, then isn't it by default we want them to be Christian? Or can you be righteous without <laughs> being a, a Christian? Because yeah, aren't you, we, our righteousness is nothing but <laughs> filthy rags without Jesus. God. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, someone needs Jesus if we're going to call them a righteous leader.
1: Well, look, uh, I was going to say that uh, we'd have to look at the broad issues. Okay. Don't nitpick. Okay. Yeah. But the big issues like justice and righteousness. Uh, justice and righteousness. You don't have to be a Christian to exercise that. Uh, justice is basically, you know, using uh, the right scales. Mm-hmm. So even a person who's not a Christian can use the right scales. Um, the consistency, because you know, people have this thing that if you're not a Christian, then you're wicked and you're evil and you're all about. There, there's a lot of people out there that are good. I'll put it in quotes, good guys. We've got the righteousness that are, is, is, is filthy rags. Very generous. They give lots of money. They they care about the poor. They, they've poured a lot of what they, you know, and there's guys like Bill Gates, for example. I know he's not a Christian, uh, but he's put so much money into mm. a lot of work here in Africa and a lot of places around the world That uh, and lots of other guys that are doing that. Um, but then when you're looking at a Christian, what you're looking for is are they going to go for righteousness? Are they going to go for justice in terms of the thing that they're going to uh, be pushing for are the poor on the agenda mm-hmm. because the poor are a very big deal with God yeah so um, are they going to be seeking to also look at the redistribution of wealth which is a biblical principle those that gather much do yeah, not have too, too much and those, those that gather full. little do not yeah. you know uh, have <laughs> too little <laughs> okay so i want to talk about land reform <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you see, so, you know, so that redistribution is is the heart there you know uh is someone saying let's tax the rich so that we can put more money into programs yeah. for free schooling free healthcare? Yeah. that's what we're expecting that a christian uh, president would be looking at legislation are you going to uh, legislate for same-sex unions you know uh or not we're expecting you not to do that uh we're expecting you Uh, Not to legislate in terms of, uh, you know, uh, allowing abortion and that kind of thing. Those are the headline big ticket items, I would imagine. The kind of things that you look at that have a generational impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you would be looking at and hoping that he's working on. And then there's some of the slips and, yeah, you're like, okay, we can live with that. Like Donald Trump, a lot of Americans, Christians... There's a lot of stuff that he says and does that. Yeah, you're just thinking, yeah, we just why? yeah? <laughs> but those guys are willing to take that as a price for what he's done in terms of, uh, you know, promoting religious freedom, yeah. bringing back Christmas, talking about prayer, you know, we don't worship government, we worship God, that kind of talk and mm. that, you know, um, that kind of ethos, even if the people say, he I mean, doesn't look too much like a Christian, yeah. but he's, you know, so guys would, would say, okay, we can live with the rest, mm. big ticket items. He's doing well for us.
0: Yeah. But yeah, like you said, it comes back to consistency. Yeah. Is oh, that actually going to last? And then there's the issue of um power. Yeah. There's that old adage that says power corrupts mm-hmm. and even in the church power corrupts like someone can be cool when they're just an elder but like when he's promoted to yeah. i don't know whatever above yeah. elder you see the dude <laughs> is just like acting weird like you yeah. weren't like this before we well, didn't have five armor pairs before because you yeah. only needed one now you have five like what's going on dude <laughs> so yeah do you think it's true that power always corrupts like in the case of even like king Saul in the bible yeah he started off great but then it's like something went wrong somewhere along the line
1: Okay, so there's two sides to that. The first side to it is that power, people say, people say power corrupts, but there's another angle to it. I would say power doesn't necessarily change a person as much as it exposes what's already in them. Mm. So when you look at Saul, for example, when he started out, he said, "But how can I be king? You know, I'm from the least, you know, tribe in all of Israel." He looked very humble, mm. uh, but on the day of his coronation, they couldn't find him because he was hiding. And they actually had to go and look for him on the day of his coronation because he was so, he he was terrified. Mm -hmm. They're going to make me king. No, no, no. But as he got into the kingship and over time, he, some people say he changed. But I'll say what was in him already was exposed because of the power that he got. Mm -hmm. It's very much like hardships, you know. Power and hardships have that in common. Hardships And money. Yeah, and, well, money is ex- what, exactly. <laughs> Anything that gives you influence really yeah. exposes what's on the inside. Yeah. So, you know, Jesus said, you know, if someone is, is, is faithful with the little, they'll be faithful with much, and vice versa. If you're unfaithful with the little, you'll be unfaithful in the much. If someone is unfaithful in the much, then you will know that even in the little, this unfaithfulness is a manifestation of what was already there.
3: Yeah.
1: It's just at a higher scale. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect to it, and that's what I was saying. say with soul was the issue. Sometimes you get people in who got forty foundations, and because they've got a gift, Mm-hmm. You know, they can get a crowd around, and when they speak, people listen. But put them into power, give them the levers of power, then all that other stuff that was inside that was hiding, mm-hmm. you know, a poor character that was masked by the gift comes out, and then everything is ruined. Then it looks like power changed the person. No, it yeah. just simply exposed what was on the inside.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then there's actual way the power corrupts, as uh, Abraham Lincoln said, uh, "If you're to test a man, give him power." You know, um you look at Solomon, for example. Uh, you look at uh, King Asa, uh, you look at someone like Hezekiah, you look at King Uzziah in the Bible. All started up brilliantly but uh, at the end of their reign things didn't go so well and one of the things you see with them all is that there's a pattern of long reign so the longer someone stays in power the more difficult it is to finish well. You see someone like Asa, he spent 41 years in power. Mm-hmm. Did very well, destroyed all the idols and the uh, yeah. yeah, turned people to God and then in the 36th year of his 41 years, mm-hmm. that's when he started leaning on man, you know, there's another army that he said come and help me against these guys, he didn't consult God. Mm-hmm. A prophet came and rebuked him, put him in jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. then he started to Treat some people very badly. He was very cruel in his treatment of some of his subjects. And in the last two years of his life, he had diseases in, in his feet and he didn't even turn to the Lord. Mm-hmm. He only saw that he had a disease in his feet. That was the last five years of his reign. Uh, you look at Uzziah, he started off very well. He had these inventions that he did. You know, and then he was there for 52 years. Whoa. Towards the end of his reign, again, he went into the temple and said, I'm going to bring the sacrifice to God Mm -hmm. but the priest came and said no we are the priest you're you're, you're not allowed to do that Mm -hmm. you know so pride entered this out and I could talk about you know Hezekiah as well it's guys who have been in power for a very long time and as time goes on you lose sight of the fact that you're there because of God God. and your success and your strength is because of him so that yeah is a very real possibility the longer you are in power
0: Mm -hmm.
1: wow. So maybe someone knows something about the two those two terms maybe someone's onto something
0: oh yeah like the two terms. yeah yeah,
1: maximum eight years or maximum ten years (laughs) then we're done before it's hard for you to be concerned yeah we'll see you later and we never want to see you again (laughs) (laughs) you can never run again
3: yeah
0: okay so we find ourselves in a in a unique situation then, (laughs) because it's like it would be quite risky for christian to go in there into a position of power and he might not yeah. come out the same yeah. <laughs> once he's been in there yeah. for a while. So would it be better for us to seek to make change outside of institutionalized authority? So outside of government and outside of politics, we just do the best we can outside of those spheres okay. as Christians. Like we can be leaders, but just not in there. In there.
1: Look, I'll say it's great if you can have uh, guys from the team In leadership. Because remember, uh, the Bible says that it's God's will that all men be saved. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a country or in a situation where people are getting saved, you've got maybe three quarters of the nation are Christian. Mm -hmm. The likelihood of picking a Christian is higher. Right? And that means the gospel is advancing. It's bearing fruit. Mm -hmm. We're doing well. Because you you know chuck a stone out of the window as they say and you're going to hit a christian (laughs) and the likelihood of appointment so that could be a consequence of the success of the gospel that you're going to put a christian in there Mm -hmm. um but that apart from that you also need guys who are working from the outside and the greatest example is the greatest outsider ever jesus you know he came in instituted a whole new kingdom a whole new way of living life you know with the rules and with the constitution everything Mm -hmm. you know um but not from a position of political power. Mm-hmm. In fact, they tried to make him a king by force, and he refused, he rejected the democratic system. They refused to let the people endorse and say, we're gonna make you king. Mm. Uh, and he chose the route of working from the outside.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, you look at guys like Paul, for example, as well. Paul, when he was in Ephesus, and I remember speaking about this, uh, I think two weeks ago, uh, you see that the result of his ministry was that the idol makers were saying, we used to make money, but now we are making losses. Because this guy is telling that you know people that our idols are not gods at all mm-hmm. and they're following this Jesus of his. Mm-hmm. So you see a shift in the economy. You got money that was being spent in and they're making a lot of money there. That's where the GDP thing and money was has shifted, the economy has shifted to go elsewhere
3: mm-hmm.
1: because of the message of the gospel. So the gospel can have an impact economically, can have an impact, socially, can have an impact Politically, if you look at the revivals in places like Wales, they came to a point where there was, you know, there was just no one, you know, to arrest and the jails were empty. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the wow. the guys, you know, the bars would be closed. There's no one's coming to drink. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's just complete societal change where what guys change are. As a result of the revival, people turned to Christ en masse, you know, oh. big time. So guys repented, left their ways of life mm. from before. No more alcohol, no more drunkenness, no more brawling, nothing of that. So there's just so much peace. Mm. And the police are like, we don't have anything to do really. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's not happening because someone has gone into power, has taken a microphone said, I'm going to run as a, as a candidate. Mm. Someone just basically been faithful to the call of God on their life and God has come through, and there's a revival that's broken out, and people have been reformed uh, in terms of uh, their belief system and then also to their value system. Mm-hmm. People are staying at home with their families. People are going to church. People are uh, you know, more concerned about being the best person they can be in their workplace, mm-hmm. the kind of thing that would not have been the case before. Uh, so you can see that that change comes not because someone is in office. Yeah. But if you can have someone in office, uh, that's great as well. Yeah. Guys like Wilberforce uh got were, were able to fight for the abolition of slavery from a position of authority and power. Mm-hmm. Guys like um
3: Lincoln.
1: yeah, you know, exactly. Abe yeah. Lincoln was a president and was able to, you know, also do a lot for civilization Garfield from that position. Taught. Garfield you know, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we could go right, on and on. Right, yeah,
2: right at home.
1: Yeah, exactly, you know. Um and so if you look at Bible times, you got Esther there as a queen. She's there, she's loved by the king and no one really knows okay, so you're just a queen fine but then time comes when she delivers her people and the position actually helps yeah so if we can have christians in power that's that's i think that's great it's it, it will be amazing mm-hmm. christians that really believe in god uh but it's not like if we don't have them there then oh my gosh you know we can't do anything we can't change society we can't mm-hmm. bring about uh the extension of the kingdom
2: so what would you say is our best strategy as as believers as christians because right now it's a question that's on everyone's minds that look we are you know things are getting tough in the country um not just in zim but you know um, africa-wide and stuff uh, there's a lot happening even just down south africa mm-hmm. you know things are not as they were before and we're all coming to a critical time where there are elections and there's a possibility of a change in government as a solution uh but Is that the best strategy we can look to as christians Mm -hmm. in in you know going through the political system and exercising our right to vote or is our best strategy actually organizing ourselves outside institutionalized authority where we say let's focus on getting souls Mm -hmm. because if we win souls then we change the society Mm -hmm. rather than going through the political system okay so i'd say um it's great to be able to do both you know
1: if you can't do you know there's guys who will be like i'd rather uh ha- do this or uh, that than to have that but if you can have both why not yeah, okay. and i think we can have our cake and eat it there if we have christians who are in power then christians are on the outside in quotes if you look in the bible you've got guys paul had called the Asiarchs, who were people of influence but they're also in the church people who had who you know who held office but they were also christians uh, and again, if you're, again, as I said before, if you are successful in preaching the gospel, you're going to have Christians in there anyway because everyone's going to be a Christian. You know? mm. yeah. <laughs> you're going to struggle to find someone who's not a Christian to get into power. So everyone who's in power, the parliament, all the MPs, you know, the guys in the city council, they're mm. all Christian yeah. because of how well you're doing your job. And so I'd say every Christian should ask themselves, what's my calling? Mm. And okay. walk in their calling. Mm. Don't be what you're not supposed to be. If you're not supposed to be in the political arena, stay out of it. Yeah. You know, if you're supposed to be in the political arena, stop hiding in the wine press, you know, threshing yeah. wheat. We need you where you're supposed to be. God didn't call you to be doing that. You should be yeah. at the forefront. So respond to your calling. Don't chicken out, be bold, be willing to pay the price that has to be paid, whatever the calling may be, and do that. Okay.
0: Okay, mm. I, I just have one more question. Um, a lot of the time we're we're told to pray for our leaders and those Mm -hmm. in leadership um, (laughs) that they might hear from god Mm -hmm. and that he might lead them Mm -hmm. but if they don't have if if their relationship with god isn't firing the way Mm -hmm. it should be how are they supposed to hear from god would it be from Christians close to them who then hear from God and like try and relay the message or can God still just speak to an unbeliever?
1: Yeah, look, the Bible says that uh a king's heart is like a watercourse which God directs the way he pleases. Mm-hmm. So um if you look at guys like uh Cyrus in um Isaiah forty five he's prophesied and then you read about him in uh Ezra. One day he just wakes up and says to the exiles, guys uh, God has instructed me to build a house for him and mm-hmm. the guy is a pagan mm-hmm. and so he says I'm gonna give you guys money I'm gonna give you guys support go back home and rebuild the temple you got Nebuchadnezzar he's getting a a vision at night of the next few hundreds of years of empires that are coming Babylon oh, yeah. and then I'm after that the, the, you know the yeah, exactly feet, the brass feet the what, what, That's yeah. that's a huge vision that's talking about the future that's being given to a pagan king who doesn't believe in God who is building this massive uh, statue, statue and expecting <laughs> everyone to bow down to it. Yeah. He's getting revelation. What about Pharaoh? He's getting a vision, again, of the next 14 years of the life of the nation. Seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. Um, and so Christ- God can lay these things on the hearts of of the leaders. And But what we need are people who can come alongside and say, um, that vision that you got, that dream, that idea, let me show you how it works. Let me interpret it for you. So you've got the Josephs mm-hmm. and you've got the Daniels who are walking alongside the kings to interpret for them. Yeah. So I would imagine it would be great to have those guys who would be available to prophetically speak into things. The interpretation wouldn't necessarily be, oh no, king, you had a dream, you're a president, you're sleeping, no, but the president has this burden that's on his heart that's from God. Um, Yeah, okay, that's rather controversial. I think I'll leave that out. (laughs) But (laughs) there's things that happen that presidents do, that leaders do. You read in the Bible, it says, and then people do not know that this intrigue was of the Lord Mm -hmm. because it just looks like something in the flesh Mm -hmm. that's being done. Mm. and it's not popular and no one likes it Yeah. but then there's this thing happening in the background God is doing stuff
3: mm.
1: and I think what needs to help us in praying for our leaders is to understand that God puts leaders in place and he is fulfilling his purpose he's sovereign God is not bound by the leaders he's yeah. not It's not like looking at what's happened in the nations of Africa and saying you know If in two thousand or two thousand and something this could have happened, my people would have been in a far better place. But look what these guys did, and I couldn't influence. My hands were tied, and I I just I wanted to, but I just couldn't. Guys, I'm so sorry. Mm. You're just gonna have to keep plugging away. That's that's not how God works. God is, you know, working things through, and sometimes we don't understand. Doesn't make sense. We, We can't wrap our minds around it, but that's where faith comes in. God is sovereign, and He's working. God. I pray that you help us as the church. Sometimes we want to pray for the leaders, but we also need to pray for ourselves to see.
3: Mm.
1: Lord, open my eyes to see what you're doing. Yeah. What have you been doing these past 37 years or the past 25 years, whatever the number of years that you want to use there? What have you been doing? Yeah. You know, take your eyes away from the leaders. Mm. God, what have you been doing? What are you up to? And then it makes us. It makes it easier for us to pray for them because we have revelation. Mm. Also, this is what God is doing. Yeah. Ah, these guys are not the enemy. These guys actually need salvation. Mm. You know. That's why people sometimes we forget. Yeah. They need salvation. There's a scripture that's very interesting. Um, I forget where it is exactly, but uh, this is the time when the Bible says now Satan incited David to take a census of Israel.
0: I remember that, and I remember being very confused by that. I was like, Satan. What's, at first, I thought, what's so wrong with the senses? You know, yeah. How is he being incited by Satan when he's a man of God? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know,
1: uh, so he was incited by Satan. So you have the leader there of the nation taking a decision that's based on Satanic revelation. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you also have moments where it says, and now God put it on the heart of the leader to do something. So your leaders are going to be influenced either by Satan or by God mm. and the consequences are going to affect everybody you're going to affect your own life mm. so the amount of prayer that we put in as Christians helps to shift this, the balance in the favor of if I can just use that language of course let's not see God and Satan as if being on the same plane but understand what I'm saying is mm. we are saying you don't want to, uh, this guy to be a gateway or this lady who's in power to be a gateway for the enemy and whatever yes. he wants to bring into the land yes, because whatever right. he does he will use people yeah mm. the devil uses people just as much as god uses people mm. and the person in power is the one that he's going to use the most mm. so when we pray we're saying lord we want you to prevail upon them um, even as david prayed on in one instance he prayed uh when he was being pursued by absalom the prayer he made was oh god please frustrate the counsel of ahitopel because mm-hmm. ahitopel was this guy who didn't hear from god he wasn't a prophet but he had such wisdom that when he spoke, it was as if he heard from God, that's mm-hmm. what the Bible says. So he knew that if ahithophel gives Absalom counsel, that counsel would be exactly like God's mind. It's like he had the mind of God. So he said, may you please frustrate it. And it turned out that uh, when, uh, when Ahitopel gave him advice to pursue David saying, your dad will be tired, let's kill him now. Mm-hmm. Then one of the moles that David had sent in his friend came in and said, no, you know your dad, is a, he's a beast of an own, you know, so don't go that route. Mm-hmm. And then he listened to David's friend instead mm-hmm. of Ahitropel. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that when Ahitropel saw that, he went, put his affairs in order, and he uh, killed himself because he could see the end game, that this is not going to end well. Mm-hmm. So you see that David's prayer worked in his favor. This counsel that's coming mm-hmm. that could affect my life, I could die. Mm-hmm. God, please frustrate it. And as Christians, we can do the same. Lord, please frustrate every voice that's coming and speaking evil into the ears of our leaders. Mm. Please frustrate every voice that is coming in, that is coming with the agenda of the devil. And please amplify the voices that are speaking your counsel and may they turn to that. It's a very simple prayer to pray. It's less than, I think, 10 seconds, Mm. those those words. But you pray the prayer that God can answer and that can have impact on loads of lives.
2: I wanted to ask in relation to what you were saying, that God is not surprised by what's going on and he's still in control. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember the exact verse, but there's that verse that says all kings are elected by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Regardless. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. What does that mean for the vote? Does it matter?
1: That's a fantastic question. Fantastic. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I find it interesting when you read First Samuel, talking about the appointment of the king. Uh, Samuel tells them the king that's going to come, who is Saul, right? And he says, this is the king that you've chosen for yourselves. But then they don't actually go and find the person. Okay, this is the guy that we want to be our leader. God actually sends, Samuel says, I found the guy who's going to be king. Mm -hmm. But God, you know, he says, the king that you have chosen for yourselves. So there's an aspect of the man's will. We've made a choice. We've rejected God. Remember, democracy is a rejection of God. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> 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 At its essence, and if I can take it further, I'll say democracy didn't start in the West or anywhere else, or, you know, you can look on Wikipedia and think, where did democracy start? It started in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve said, we choose to do things our way. We become a law unto ourselves. Because remember, demo is people, and the crassy part is the rule. So we're people-ruled, we're self-ruled, self-governed. So we are a law unto ourselves. And so this has been perpetuating throughout the generations and has taken on various names and different faces. So when you look at democracy it's people having rejected the rule of God and said we will rule ourselves.
3: Mm.
1: So uh from that standpoint yeah you know you'll hear the propaganda you'll hear the the messaging democracy is the best. But we know that God's rule is always going to be mm-hmm. the best and all things are going towards that anyway but we still live in this imperfect age. So we have that system and God is working within the system to cooperate with our choices. So, you have chosen a king for yourselves. We, you didn't go and actually get the candidate, but God appointed them. And in some way, in God's wisdom, it's His choice and man's choice at the same time. In just some way that God only can understand and God <laughs> only can pull off, you know. Mm. You chose this guy, but he was chosen by God. Mm. So, your choice is important, but your choice is not ultimately decisive
0: yeah so in a sense pastors or not that they do that much in our country because most of them are not at liberty to really tell people go vote for Ningi but um (laughs) do you think they should advise the congregation to first of all to vote and second of all what to look for in a candidate
1: that's a very good question again because I put that on a whatsapp group at church where I'm at and I didn't get any responses but I'll say Uh, you have to look at um, the specifics of the place that you're in. Zimbabwe, voting is a right not an obligation. There are countries where it's an obligation. It's actually law that you must vote. I think in Australia if you don't vote it's actually, you get into trouble. You're legally required to vote if you're of a certain age. Mm -hmm. But in Zimbabwe it's still a right and not an obligation. So I think it's very important that pastors put that out and be honest and say, your vote is something that you can do. Um, And I think to frame it from a political point of view to say, your vote is important but your vote is not necessarily decisive god's rule god's reign is what we're looking at Mm -hmm. we have to leave room leave space for what god wants to do yeah because if your candidate doesn't win you can't be moping about and this happened a few years ago when we had elections there are some very disappointed people and sometimes disappointment comes from putting your hope in man and not putting your hope because, in God. Yeah. So when you when you say you're going to vote, what you're basically saying is, Lord, my conscience, right, uh, and my uh, convictions, in trying to do something for the future of our nation, and trying to be involved in, in the conversation using what I like to call the Roman citizenship. Paul, you, you know, sometimes will pull out his Roman citizenship. I'm a citizen of Rome. Yeah, willy yeah, when, exactly. when it suited <laughs> when, when it suited when it was strategically important for the gospel, you know, yeah. he appealed to Caesar so that he could have an opportunity to preach the gospel mm. to Caesar. And he could do that because he was a Roman citizen. Mm. So we have to use our Roman citizenship in a way that is helpful. To the gospel. Yeah. Um, I know that if I go and vote, the person who comes in is going to do A, B, C, D that's going to be for justice, for equity, for righteousness It's going to secure our children's futures, we're going to change a lot of things around If you have that conviction, I mean, you can't trust anyone further than you can throw them because you don't know what's in the heart of a man Yeah. but you can only see as far as you can see and you say, Lord, in as far as I can see with my conviction and in my and with my conscience, I'm going to vote for this candidate That's fine it's totally fine. But know that your vote is limited. Um, and also, this is one for the brave as well. I'd, I'd say, pray about it and ask God to say, okay, so who do you vote for? Mm. And I think people wouldn't want to do that because sometimes the answer you get <laughs> might not be what you're expecting. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say, understand God is sovereign. Yes, your choice is important, but your choice is not decisive. Mm. God, at the end of the day, has final say. And be at peace with that as you go and vote, that's fine. But if you are going there and saying, ah, I'm going to change and we are going to do this, the power is mine. As this is what a lot of Christians that, again, that I was around, very emotional. Guys were like, you know, I remember saying to some guys, guys, you know, we really need to pray about these things. We need mm. to intercede, pray and say God. And one of the guys said to me, pray? my vote is my prayer <laughs> so I said to me my vote is my prayer that's what, that's going to be my prayer and this is a Christian a mature Christian but guys get very, you know, and this whole thing of we are the ones we elect mm. that humility gets lost yeah. in a democracy because they are we, we are the boss yeah. I'm the boss of him and I can say what I want mm. but hey they've been put in place by God and we submit ourselves to them as leaders over us mm. even though we appointed them mm. um and so that's one of those things i would say people i need, need to just watch out for be humble know that you are choosing even if you choose that person is going to be over you Are they going to be accountable yes but be careful of the finger wagging i'm your boss type of
0: attitude because yeah. that's
1: not what god wants from me
0: <laughs> wow yeah that is a lot to think about i was going to go register to vote this weekend guys <laughs> go for it go for it. I'm already registered. <laughs> go for it no but like you said, i think yeah all these things need to be approached with prayer whether it's me going to vote or register to vote whether it's someone deciding for themselves my calling is in politics and i'm a christian or yeah i think we try to remove prayer from these things because they seem obvious mm. like obviously this is a good thing but yeah prayer you never go wrong yeah. putting some prayer on it that brings us to the end of our episode Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless.
1: It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.